Cuphead and all hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here, oh, Friday, Friday, Friday. It is Friday, I hope you're all having a good day. I am trying to have a good day. It's been a boring, boring week without any gaming, I swear. Anyway... I sort of want to just jump in the mix here and do the last variation in the series and talk about magic users. Now, I'm not saying this is the last. I don't mean the last in the series, actually. What I mean is these. this is the last of the four basic classes in class and level role-playing. And the magic user, to me, it's... It's just, so, you can go so many places with this. I mean, other editions have done it. Second edition, D&D. AD&D is, you know, you got the, the different, the, like you have the different schools of magic. Like the cleric has the same thing with their spells and different specialists and things like that. So let's talk about a few of these guys. And this extends to the role playing. Now, one of my favorite is, and there's also kits and things like that. One of my favorite was The Anatomist from the complete book of Necromancers, although at the time I was playing it, I didn't know I was playing an anatomist. I just sort of cobbled it together because I didn't know the book and I didn't have the book. But that's a fun one because I play him like an undertaker. He's a traveling undertaker. And they're the kind of guys who, during after the battle, they go over the battlefield and maybe, oh, that's an interesting orc. Oh, that's an interesting goblin. Let me take them back and open them up and see what they look like from my notes. And the nice thing about that is, not only do they do that and they, they spread their knowledge, they incur knowledge, but also that means they can heal too. So if you don't have a cleric and you just want some old-fashioned healing, now in 2nd edition, you ha- I, had, I had to pour a ton of slots into the healing proficiency. And I find out that the Anatomist kit will give you healing for free at the basic level. So, you know, what are you going to do? Anyway, that's I like that those kind of characters. I had a character, Solomon Heaves. His nickname was Dry. And he would go out and do that. That's why he adventured. He wanted to increase his knowledge of how necromancy works and things like that. He was chaotic good. Anyway, let's talk about some other types. Let's see, what other types are there? The one I call, I want to call him the chemist or the scientist. This is the one who is interested in the science of magic. He's the one who would probably most likely be a an alchemist on the side. Because he is interested in how magic works, the theory of magic. He probably writes a lot of theorems and books on the subject. And he goes into adventuring to just see how it works. He's the one. He's also the one most likely to come up with new spells or try things. And he's these these kind of characters have have kind of a curiosity. It's an innate curiosity. It's a high intelligence, but and the wisdom's kind of middling to middle, you know, average because they have a high curiosity rate. I would, if there are skills in the in the game you're playing, I would give him alchemy automatically. I would give, 
I would have things, the knowledge skills like knowledge, magic, magic theory, things like that. Very scholarly. And he's not the kind of guy who just wants to sit on his butt and write theorems and things like that. He wants to go out in the field and find out how this stuff works. So there's a lot of potential to get into trouble there. And I would also give him a high dex just in case, you know. <laughs> Indiana Jones has a high dex, and it serves him well. Anyway, another one is the gadgeteer type. To me, if the scientist wizard is a scientist, the gadgeteer is an engineer. He likes to tinker. He likes to fool around with how things work. He's curious about how things work and how magic can improve them. He is not shy from taking and making a magic thingamabob that is powered by magic. A true confession, I love gadgeteers. This is why I push so hard to have gnomes in my world and in D&D, because to me, they're the ultimate gadgeteers. They're the ultimate, I don't want to call them mad scientists, but they're the ultimate tinkerers. They're the ultimate Doc Browns. So you've got that. They've got a high dexterity because they have to work with little parts sometimes. They have a high intelligence, of course. A lot of these, you know, that goes with the that goes with the territory with wizards, high intelligence. But he also has an array of spells that he can use for whatever wizards use them for. So there's that one. That one is a favorite of mine. Now, I, I thought up a third one, and I want to call him the Savant. This is a special case. The Savant, or if you want to call him the Rain Man. This is a person who has magical ability, not very smart, he has low to average intelligence, maybe just enough to qualify for wizard if your game system, you have to have a minimum. But in magic, he's got like an 18. He's got a very high, he's very good at these things. He's very good at spells. He can go and tell you about a spell he could and he 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 goes he's like the sign he goes into the history of spells he goes in, and he it's but it's a it's a it's a savant thing he 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 hardly he has a hard time dealing with people but at the same time he is so valuable to the party that they kind of make exception you might even have an npc with him as his quote-unquote keeper a relative or a friend or something like that who goes along with the party just to keep him on track. Now, I'm kind of influenced by my my wife, Becky, watches that CBS series, The Good Doctor, where, and they're, they're autistic. To me, they're autistic. With the autistic guy who has a genius level intellect for medicine and things like that and how he deals with the world. So I think that would be an ideal thing for a wizard, just just for something different, for something because you can get some you can get some character development out of it, which is good. And remember, this is all I give you a few stats to start with, but 
it's the role playing that makes it shine. All three of them. It's the role playing that makes it shine. Because even in a, this goes for the whole series, even in a type that I give you, there are many, many variations. No person plays a scientist or a swashbuckler or a purloiner the same way as somebody else. So, like I said, the the role-playing is what makes it shine and the character development. Now, that doesn't mean I'm a storyteller GM. I'm not, I like both. I like both combat and, and role-playing. So, but I'm saying that these things... If you set it up right and and do the role playing right, you can really have a character that ha- would have an incredible character arc on any of these. So remember that, and that's pretty much my the four basic classes and variants thereof for a class and level role playing game like D and D or others. So I'm going to go start my day. So if you want to talk to me about this, you want to leave some messages, you can leave a leave an email for me at oldmangrognard at gmail.com. You can even leave me a voicemail on Anchor, and I monetize, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can help support this program, and I would thank you, and once again, thank you, Jonathan and Oliver, for being my two supporters. Yay. So, I hope you all have a great day, and until I hear you from... Until we talk next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.